Hello everyone, excited for this week's episode with J.D. Pratter. J.D. leads product marketing at Amazon Web Services for startups, uh, and he's great. It's a new role for him. He's coming over from Quora and Google, and he's been in his new role for about 90-ish days. And that's what we talk about, how to successfully onboard into a new product marketing job. And JD shared a bunch behind the curtains and just, it was, it's super insightful, keep listening. It's a really great episode. JD is a fantastic guy and a good storyteller and it's a fun one. JD is also starting a new Sharebird podcast. Thrills and Chills is the name of it. It's about the highs and lows of establishing a product marketing team and it's so good. You really, really gotta check it out and you can find it at sharebird.com slash shows it's also on itunes and spotify and everywhere else shout out to our sponsor crayon if you aren't familiar with it crayon is an awesome tool for product marketers crayon analyzes market trends for you it makes acting on insights easy this means dynamically updated sales battle cards alerts dashboards much more crayon is a great tool for marketers looking to maintain differentiated messaging improve sales win rates catch important updates from competitors and much more you can check them out at crayon.co this podcast is a partnership with Sharebird. Sharebird.com is the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It's an awesome website. There's all these cool AMAs, all these great resources. There's a wonderful job board. There's this show. There's other podcasts. It's awesome. Check it out. If you have any feedback for this podcast in general, specific episodes, things you like, things you didn't like, things you want to hear, anything else, please email us at podcast at Sharebird.com. Or you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. Shoot me a DM. We love hearing from you. All right, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Experts brought to you by Sharebird. I'm your host, Marcus Andrews, and today we're diving deep into starting a new product marketing job, specifically onboarding in those first 90 days. You hear this a lot, but it's totally true. The first 90 days in a new job are really, really critical. You really set the foundation for all of your time there and you start to figure out how things work and you start building great relationships or you struggle to understand teams and maybe even hurt your reputation a little bit. I think good bosses and companies usually give you those first 90 days, that first 90 day window as a time of learning without major, major expectations, but still it's what you do with that time that can set you up for success. And of course, this isn't something that we're doing all the time, right? Starting new jobs and onboarding for product marketing is different than other roles. We work with so many different teams. We have so much cross-functional knowledge we need to learn. We need a deep understanding of the product and market and customer. So you have to really nail this one. And we've got a product marketing expert to help us out. JD Pratter is the head of product marketing at AWS Startups and just finishing up his first 90 days in the role. So he's really the perfect guest to help us figure this one out. JD, how's it going? Good, Marcus. How are things? Good, good. Congratulations on the new role. Excited to chat. It's always a little intimidating to chat with someone who is a successful podcaster and had a really good <laughs> podcast in the core of podcast. I just assume you're critiquing everything that I do here, but maybe no. that's not true. But how long did you do that podcast? Yeah, we started the core podcast when I was there with product marketing as a way to like really accelerate what we're saying in market, right? And it's also reaching a different audience. There are some audiences don't want to read. That's just what it is. And some audiences just want to consume podcasts. So we were, you know, just trying to help get our message out. We did that 
for roughly like 20 episodes and then some competing priorities happened and you know you miss a week and another week and it just becomes easier to just not do it and so that's ultimately what ended up happening so it was roughly like six months or so it was good we we, yeah. we liked it but i'm glad that you mentioned this because thrills <laughs> and chills also with the sharebird you know in partnership is launching uh this week so check it out get ready we're going to be discussing establishing product marketing in uh, a new company Oh, I love it. All right. So new Sharebird podcast alert, go to iTunes, go to Spotify. By the time this episode comes out, it should be live and search for Thrills and Chills with JD Pratter. That's right. That's right. You know, we're Marcus, your podcast is so perfect for understanding the strategy. I'm going to be diving into the strategist and who this person is to really understand their background, you know, those quirks, those things that make them them. Because I really do think it takes a special person to ultimately be the first product marketer. We are the most interesting people at a company. <laughs> just, you know, without 100%. fail, if you want. I always say the reason we don't become product managers is we're just because we're too cool and we're too interesting. You know, if we were slightly less, I'm joking. <laughs> that's embarrassing. But I love it. That's a really cool topic for a show. And what's fun about product marketing too is that, you know, I like the question of like, how'd you get into product marketing? It's a question I ask everybody just because it's always different. You know, it's really never the same. And you really do have lots of different types of people and backgrounds who come to product marketing. So very excited for you. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm excited that it's, you know, launching. We've got a, a few that we've already recorded. I think people are, are really gonna like the experts that we're bringing on and learning a little bit more about them. Super cool. Okay. Well then why don't we start there? How did you get into product marketing? I mean, how did you make your way to AWS? Yeah, it's a really fun, you know, journey. I think I didn't have this like traditional trajectory of like, I started off as a junior PMM. So I really got started actually marketing in nonprofits, right? So nonprofits don't have a product, but they have a story to tell. And so you learn how to tell stories. You also learn how to engage an audience for 11 months of the year, because everyone knows nonprofits make their money in December. So how do you keep donors engaged with what you're doing with their money, right? But also, how do you keep telling that story and iterating on that story? So that was a piece of product marketing, even though I wasn't in product marketing. Ultimately, went into kind of this demand gen role where, again, you're doing these storytelling, you're working on these go-to-market strategies. And this is really like prior to like a PMM owning all of this. The companies that I was working with, DemandGen owned that go-to-market launch. Like that was just what it was. I ultimately end up at a startup as a director of marketing, having to hire a PMM because now we have four different products and they actually need marketing for each one. So helping them understand messaging frameworks, understanding storytelling, understanding how do you tier launches. And you end up kind of just doing it, but not being a product marketer. And ultimately it caught the eye of Cora because at that time I was writing some blogs about Cora ads and that caught the attention of their head of marketing. We ended up just like chatting it up for a year and a half. We did a case study together, a webinar together because we were helping each other as we were kind of an integration partner. We did podcasts, webinars, blogs. And eventually she's like, hey, do you want to come like do this full time? Like you're positioning us better in market than we are. And so I was like, 
yeah. So I went in and I was their first product marketer for core ads. Ultimately shifting into this last summer, you know, parting ways with Cora, went to Google for a couple of months and now at AWS being a head of product marketing for what's called Activate. So Activate is AWS's free credits that they give to startups series A and below. And so leading that program, if you were to ask me what I know about AWS services is absolutely nothing. So, which we're <laughs> going to get into in these first 90 days, but it's been a lot of fun. Nice. Well, I think technically you're still in the, you know, the 90 day window. So you're in this learning environment, but that's awesome. That's really happy for you. Excited that you're in this new role. So why was it a good fit? You know, I think that's something even before you get into a new role, something that makes you successful in the role is finding things that are a good fit. Like why was this role a good fit for you? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things too, where you never fully know if it's going to be a good fit, right? You can do your best interviewing. You can do your best researching. I do a ton of research on companies before I interview, on who I'm interviewing with, and to really understand as much as I can. And with AWS, it's like everyone kind of knows AWS, right? I mean, you're building on AWS. Everyone knows Amazon. So they had that brand kind of like recognition. And some of it wasn't good. Some of it was overworked. And then reading through Glassdoor reviews, it said it's really dependent upon the team. So I really went deep on the team and I had a very unique situation coming in AWS. So at the time that I joined Google, I was also interviewing at AWS for this role. Mm. Google made the offer, AWS stalled on the offer, like literally stalled. And I was like, yeah. well, I have it. I'm going to take it. And they were like, oh, can you give us a few more days? And I was like, no. So, you know, when ultimately went to Google and I actually got like three months there, which is actually kind of cool because you get to see again, do this question, is it a good fit? And it was, I would say on some ways, you know, they index really high culture fit. I mean, Google's culture is amazing. The people who I working with super smart, but there were some things, you know, some red flags that came up and, and you're like, oh, okay, I don't know. You know, that's interesting. That's weird. This is interesting alignment. At the same time, AWS reaches back out and they say, hey, we want you, we want to offer you this role. And I got to spend another two hours interviewing them. So yeah. two different one hour interviews. That doesn't happen. I'm not saying that this is the norm, but if you're going to come back three months later, uh, I'm going to need some mea culpas and, and so ultimately that's what happened. I mean, the very first thing I said, like what happened three months ago and the hiring manager's like, I fucked up and you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm earning some trust. You know what I mean? And yeah. so we just kind of talked it out because in the Amazon interview process, you are grilled for mm -hmm. mine was five hours straight, eight different people. And it's intimidating and it's awful as an interviewer because <laughs> you don't get to interview them, right? Right. Because in the interview process, Mark, you know this, you ask a tough question and now they're like, oh, does he really want it? Is he really mm -hmm. the right oh, fit? Oh, for sure. For right? Sure. And so you're, you're also like trying to like hedge your bets of how deep can I go? Well, now you're showing me your hand that you want me. I'm going all in. I want to know this, this, this. It's over, you know, two hours, got all my questions out. Super interesting. Thanks for sharing. I know. That, no, it's, <laughs> I, well, I mean, no, there's a bunch of stuff in there that I want to, I want to ask you about. I mean, I think one great, great point is that like, 
if you if you are going to work at a big company, it's really important to know that different teams are can be very different yes. from, and it's important to try and figure out like, you know, like Google, I worked at Google. It's an amazing place to work, but there's different teams inside of Google that are dramatically different from opportunity, work-life balance, like, like all these different things. Right. And I'm sure same with Amazon or any big company. So it's really important to try and suss that out or figure that out in some way. But also, I'm, I'm just glad you did that because I do think that it's like, hey, you made a commitment to Google that you had to, you know, after three months, you kind of had to be like, well, this isn't working out. I'm sure that was a tough conversation, but you did it because that was what is best for you. And I think that's important for people to feel comfortable about that because in you're talking about that situation of interviewing and it's like the, in, the usually the company is kind of in the driver's seat in those talks. But I think it sounds like you flip that a little bit where it's like, hey, all right, I got some options all of a sudden. I'm going to do what's best for me and again, start talking to Amazon and and interview them. So good for you, man. I I think that's great. I think that's healthy. I think more people should do it. But yeah, really, really interesting. I mean, the way (laughs) I've always thought about it is that, you know, you are kind of playing this game, but I do think it's, you know, you, I always have in my head, you know, like, so I just recently left HubSpot moving into by this time, this will be out. People know I'm going to Pendo, which is very exciting there's always kind of like a profile of a company that I have inside of my head that, you know, it's like, Hey, if this kind of company comes along and it looks like this and it's this kind of fit, I'm 100% going to explore it. And I think you do everything you can to like represent well and sell yourself and try and get to the point where you like, you're going to get an offer. You know, as long as you're like, you can't, as long as you're really excited about it and all in on it, just go all in. And then once you get the offer, then it's, you really have the option to decide because you're totally right. You never know what happens in the interview process. If you start asking too many questions, or if you start grilling them, it could come off as a negative, but it's, it's a whole nother podcast episode, but it's a very interesting dance. And I'm not saying I do it well, but it's a super interesting topic. Yeah. And I, I, here, I'll, I'll try to be a little bit more tactical here. So things that I look for, you know, Outs- big companies tougher, right? But I want to look at the company and the space. Am, am I interested in this space? Sure. Do For I sure. see it as growing? And, you know, AWS, yes, they are like the market leader. They were kind of first, you know, into this space. Microsoft, Google, they're fast, you know, approaching on that market share. But I only see <laughs> yeah, cloud computing getting more. In the next 10 years, it's only going to grow. So that was interesting to me. I think product marketers really have a leg up there too, because it's like, you do some competitive analysis, right? You do That's some right. like TAM analysis. <laughs> it's like, all right, this company's, we've got some interest. I'm going to dig into cloud computing a little bit. I'm going to look at like, you know, some of the G2 crowd scores, these different companies and see like, right. are they a market leader? Are they a market laggard? Like, is this space, is this a trend that is a, like bigger than just, or have they been, you know, really struggling to grow over the past like 10 years. It's like Pendo in that way was a really easy decision for me too, because I think product-driven companies win. I think like product-led is the future and, you know, it's a young company that's growing really fast and yeah, you kind of got to bust out your product marketing skills there and do some market analysis. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, and you hit on another piece too. I will also evaluate the product, right? I love going into G2. If I can get into like a free trial. I yep. will. I mean, I, I want to go give it a test run. If there's customers logos that maybe they have on their website, I might know some, you know, I'm trying to figure out, is this serving a need and a problem? And thankfully like G2, I think does a really good job at their questionings around like, what can they do better? 
And so you can do some like really cool analysis in, in that regard too, to understand, is it fast growing? Cause that's a different type of PMM, right? If you're a laggard, it's a different style of PMM that you're going to need. And so I think understanding where that product is in their, its own life cycle and getting into market also helps me figure out if my strengths are the right fit. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. And, and then ask good questions in the interview process too, then too. I mean, questions that impress them, but also questions that, you know, get at anything like, oh, it's, you know, maybe you're concerned about like this, come, I've done a bunch of research and this company seems like way too sales driven. And, and then you can ask the questions around like, is this going to be like, is this a real PMM role or is this more of a sales enablement thing? You can start to feel out like, okay, how do they think about product marketing? Is this a good fit for me? Yeah, which bleeds right in. Like number three, tactic team. These are the people you're going to be working with every day. And a lot of times we end up staying at companies because of the team, right? And so if I'm going to be spending hours and hours, I want to make sure that I'm working with A players. A players want to work with other A players, right? And it's hard to necessarily understand that, but in the interview process, you can kind of get at it. I'll also go and deep dive on their LinkedIn, just to kind of understand what they've done, Google them, see if they've written, you know, yeah. medium posts, blog posts, but I just want to work with a players to sharpen and hone myself before even getting into this first 90 days, which I promise we're, we're going to dive into it. So this is like that pre 90 days. And then we can get into this next 90 days too. Totally. All right. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about remote, right? So all of this is happening remote right now for you, right? So no in-person stuff, but first 90 days, any challenges with remote, like anything that was surprised, you were surprised by how easy it was. Tell me about that a little bit and like what you've been doing there to set yourself up for success. Yeah. Amazon does an amazing process. Amazon does process. They are process, process, process. I think I saw somewhere that they hired over a quarter million people in 2020, right? <laughs> Gotta have a good process. Better have hire. a good process, yeah. right? Yeah. So how do you onboard that many people in the middle of a pandemic? And things they do extremely well is everyone has this onboarding plan and the onboarding plan is put together by your hiring manager and it's broken out first week, second week, first month, to second month, third month. And what you end up doing is a lot of, filling out HR stuff. You are doing tech requests because Amazon is very self-serve. And so you have to go find the information. They're also a writing first culture. The wiki, internal wiki is just insane, but they also have done a lot of videos. And so my manager put together this courses for me. I ended up watching all of these courses about leadership principles, processes, mechanics, our workflow, why we do certain things, but so is everyone else. So we're all getting the same information, kind of all getting indoctrinated, if you will, into the Amazon culture. And it's extremely valuable to understand all of those information because you're going to hear it in meetings. I've never been at a company where I've seen so many people have alignment based off of a common understanding and definition of what they're saying. So one of my favorite ones is I was in a meeting and I'm presenting just this week and someone asked, is this a one-way door or two-way door decision? And that's very much an Amazon thing. And it's, If it's a one-way door, that means we can't turn around. Like we are stuck with this decision. A two-way door is we can go in, fail, leave, you know, come back. And that was the question. And everyone understood 
what that meant. And you just answer it. It's a yeah. two-way door decision. That's it. Done. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people shit on jargon or acronyms at companies because, you know, they're like confusing, but people use them for a reason. And as long as everyone has the, the like a shared understanding of this stuff and knows, knows what they mean and then can use them to like, you can say that one-way door or two-way door instead of like, you know, like a wicked long email or something, right? Like explaining that, like you just say that one thing and everybody gets it. Everybody's on the same page. So makes yeah. a lot of sense. I like that. I like it. I think leaning on that process, having that common language. I mean, I'm not surprised that Amazon's the master of scaling a new hire onboarding. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, especially like remote people. I mean, I'm on a team that's fairly new. I mean, most people have been hired within the last year. And so they're building out this function and this within the company. And so most people have been onboarded remotely. And so I think we were in this team meeting and I think it was something like 80% of the people have never met another Amazon person, right? And you're like, wow, like that's insane. But I think what we are finding is a couple of things. You asked about weird, right? So, or different. I think where I've reached a point, at least a lot of people at Amazon, where it's just camera off meetings. So you'll come into a meeting, no one has their camera on. And so here I am in my first like, you know, 90 days and I'm like, but I want to see people, (laughs) you know? And they're like, look, man, we've been doing this for the last nine months. I'm over it. And so camera off, right? And so that for me was very interesting, uh, especially coming from like Google. Google's very much camera on, everyone's dressed up. Yeah. Like people look ready to go. It's professional from waist up. And (laughs) it was coming into Amazon. They're like, look, man, camera off. I'm in a t-shirt, you know, and blah, 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 you know, so that was, that was kind of fun. Really interesting. Okay. So, so like, tell me about this, uh, the plan that your, you, your manager put together, or you put together with your manager, are they thinking about it in there's weeks, you know, the first, however many weeks you said in the first couple of months, are there phases to it? Like, can you break it down a little bit? Is it sure. like, Hey, you're going to meet with all these people or take all these HR courses or like, what is, how's it? Broken it, broken it up. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, my, my manager put together onboarding to Amazon, right? And part of my onboarding is onboarding to this team. You know, it's a slight difference, right? So she's trying to get me caught up on how Amazon does Amazon. You know, how, are, how do Amazonians operate? So I'm understanding that. So I'll kind of break it down, at least my kind of first 30 days, what I'm thinking meet as many people as possible. You just have to get that. I'm going to call it computer time. You know, I I need that face time with people and I need it on a one-on-one setting. And so, you know, typical questions I'm asking, you know, I just want to learn about them. Right. So I'm just asking and like, who are you outside of work? I'm more interested in that right now. Then I usually say, you know, how will we work together? And then I usually wrap up with you know, like, what's one tip that you would give uh, me starting in my first 30 days, right? And so sometimes what I have found is there are people love certain wikis, you know, so they're like, I always reference this wiki, you should book bookmark it. And you're like, okay, sweet, right? And so I end up after a month with all these bookmarks, some show me courses that they really enjoyed. Some will tell me internal groups, you know, like, you know, dads of Amazon, you know, for yep. me being, you know, a, a dad, like, okay, cool. You know, there's cyclists of Amazon, you know, and you kind of get into these groups and those are like the little things that you learn outside of just meeting someone. 
The second piece I also learned was you'll start to see some inconsistencies, misalignment, Mm -hmm. write them down. These are going to be points on the board after 90 days. Some of them are pretty easy. If you can solve like, Oh, Hey, I think, you know, Sally over here is trying to solve that. Cause I was on a call with her. Have you two talked? Yeah. No, we haven't. Great. Look at that value add. Right. And so I think those things, uh, they're so small, but uh, moving forward, like, uh, again, I talked about self-serve. So I need to go complete HR stuff. I need to get my IT stuff, you know, all set up and make those requests. Like I had to like request to get certain things, you know, and it's funny because you would just assume that they just send it to you. Not the case, right? You have to go request it. You have to go file a ticket to get it right. And you're like, I don't even know where this lives. Like, what is that? You know, you're like, (laughs) I hope I, I, you figure it out. And that's the thing you figure it out once and it's like stuck in your head. So getting access, setting up one-on-one meetings uh, with people I'm going to need to meet up with. So I set up, you know, stakeholders, whether that's weekly or bi-weekly and then skip levels with the appropriate stakeholders, maybe like monthly. And then first 30 days to understanding the team goals understanding how we make money and like what's ultimately being measured coming in in the in Q4 is super interesting because you got to see end of year numbers are we on pace are we gonna hit goal where are people freaking out where are people comfortable but now we're also in this like process of setting 2021 goals and you're like oh all right you know so now I yeah. get to see how that process is and try to you know interject to have my opinion heard there too it's a very awesome. interesting time to join a company. 100%. And AWS is fascinating and has done really well, especially like you working with startups. It's, I'm sure it's really interesting work, but all right, there's a ton in there. Let me impact some of this. So <laughs> meeting, meeting with people, I think this is good. Spending the time to just figure out like, hey, who are you? And like, you know, like I think it even is harder with remote just because you miss some of those like, you know, hey, oh, hey, you're like, you know, at the water cooler or whatever, like having lunch and I'm just going to bump into you and we're going to talk. I think it's really important to be like, yeah, who are you as a person? And like also tell people that too. I remember at Google, we had a new director come in to lead our whole org and, you know, the first, and we were reporting, me and my colleagues that were reporting to him for the first time. And we used this first meeting to just be like, I'm just going to tell you about myself and, you know, here's, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to learn about you. And it's really, really refreshing and helpful just to like, you know, to have that human element, I think, cause you're going to, you're working with these people for a long time. Right. And it's, it's odd not to know who they are and helps you connect with them. So I like that. And then how do you work together tips? Like that's, a, I think that's a really nice first sort of like, you know, I'm going on this tour and meeting everybody. I love your misalignment point because I also think it's, you have a pretty, like a unique advantage coming into a company as like you haven't, you've never worked there before. Right. And like, so you come in as sort of this observer at first and you're going to see things that other people don't see, you know, you're going to see like some friction 100%. or some weird points because like, just cause you're new and that can be a value add. You can point out that stuff. Love that. Love that. And then, yeah, you know, like really taking the time early, I think to figure out how the company makes money, bit, you know, high level goals, like really digging into the business is something that if you can learn that early, I think it really helps you think about problems differently. So really, really enjoy that. Is that all in the first 30 days? Is there like, is there, yeah. is there phases after that? Yeah. What, what's next then? All right. 60 days. So this was like December. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. So now I'm starting to internalize how teams operate, cooperate. That's really important, right? AWS is huge, right? So we've got a global team that I sit on. Uh, we got our product team. There's an engineering team, the sales team. There's also field teams, right? So in EMEA, APJ, uh, Latin America, right? And understanding what their goals are. How do they roll up to ours? How do we work together? I think those are really key. I'm taking all those misalignment pieces. I'm understanding what levers could I potentially pull and then influence those goals? Because yeah. if people care about goals, right? If I'm saying we should be focused over here, they're like, what? How does this roll up to our goal? Like, why is this important? You know, I can't answer that unless I know what their goals are, right? And understanding what that is, that's really, really important because that's how they're defining success. I'm gonna, I'm completing my internal trainings. So for us, we have a lot of tools that in order for me to get access to, I have to complete trainings. Mm -hmm. Some of those are like 10 hour trainings. So you're like, here we go. One hour a day, I'm gonna watch this video, answer some questions here. You know, and some are good, some are bad. You know, it's like, I get it. I'm starting to formulate and document those gaps in current processes, specifically around like PMM product and sales, you know, uh, CS teams, how are we, you know, doing certain things for me, I'm coming into a role where marketing really didn't exist until six, nine months ago. And so what was ultimately happening was our like CS and ops team, plus our BD team, plus our product team we're doing product marketing. Mm -hmm. So now I'm having to like uh, unpack what each team was doing and now say, so now I own this. Are you right. like, are you, you're, you're cool with that. Right. You know, and that, that also causes friction, you know? So you're just kind of like, okay, cool. All right. All right. This is where I actually start to, I try to find meetings that I should be in. Right. So in those one-on-one -on -one meetings, I'm like, Hey, do you guys have like weekly, yeah. like stand-up meetings? Should I, can I, can I come in and listen so I can understand, right? I'm not saying I want to contribute, right? I just want to listen, right? I will eventually contribute. That will just happen over time. But there's a lot of meetings that you don't know about. And that's where a lot of knowledge outside of Wiki is happening and being shared. Yes, we have like this doc culture, but if you're not in those doc reads, you're out of the loop. And so it's figuring out how do you get involved in those. And then lastly, keep meeting more people. It doesn't stop, right? You got to keep meeting. I think I'm now like, as far as like one-on-ones go that I have set up outside of like meeting other people, I'm at like right around 60 to 70 people in my first like 90 days. And that's with Thanksgiving and like the holiday break in there. So <laughs> I've been been making the rounds, letting people you know that I, I am here. <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge part of it. They, it's important to see your face and to know who you are, especially if you're coming in where it's like, Hey, this really hasn't been a thing before. It's like, it's new. What, what are you doing to, is it like, is it enough to just be like, yeah, I'm here and people know me or are you like, are you taking notes during these meetings? Like, are you like, how do you remember this stuff that goes on? What are you doing to make that easy? Yeah, I have a internal doc that I keep. So we use Quip. So I, I have a Quip doc and I'm taking notes on what every person does, how we'll work together, their tips they have for me, and then any kind of just feedback of like, oh, that's what you're doing. Okay. And I'm just trying to write it all down. So I have it in one doc. One, it's also like, 
I can go show my manager that I did this, right? You know, part of that, yeah. I mean, we have to check that box, but I think it's also for me, it's like, I need to write it down. So then when I reference that doc, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, she said this and that, you know, relates to this, you know, and you have like these light bulb moments when you go back through and you're like, that's what they meant. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's huge. It's like, you may not use all of the, the, the docs you create or all the stuff you write down, but you may just have some lightning bolt where it's like, oh, you know, I was like, and the reason why you remember it is because you did write it down and it's like, oh, I was talking to whoever about that thing. I, that doc's there. I can, I can jump back to it and I can, and I can get that point. So I like that. I think that's really important. It sounds like what a lot of you're doing in this 60 days is you're sort of like your Sherlock Holmes here. You're trying to understand like how the machine works and the different levers that you have to pull the goals of the team. You're trying to uncover meetings. I think that's a good one. Like find those meetings that you know are important because, you know, whoever runs some like, maybe there's like a core team on pricing or whatever, like they're not going to think to invite you to it because they may not even know who you are. Like, you know, yeah. may not, right. But it's, and that's fine. That's not a big deal. But yeah, if you can find it and say like, Hey, tell me more about that. I'd love to just be a fly on the wall and learn. And then you can figure it out. You know, that's good, really good advice. So. Yeah. Um, and I think one thing I missed in those first 60 days is like, what are those like small value ads that show that you're not just someone that's here to listen, like you're here to work. And I think you're, you're going to have to complete some small tasks because what I've also found is some of these small tasks are small for me, but they're heavy lift for others. An example here is RCS team sends out these, uh, like, they're kind of like templated responses like emails to certain questions. And that's for them to like write that is kind of difficult. And so I was able to come in and go, oh, actually this is kind of, you know, here's four sentences that summarizes what you're trying to say. It's nice, it's tight, it's on brand and this meets these guidelines. And for yeah. them, that was, that was like a huge thing. It took me like 20 minutes. Yeah. And so that immediately signals to them, oh, I can go to JD, he's gonna help me get stuff done. And that's ultimately what I want to be involved in, which will bleed into like the next, you know, the next month and the 90 days, which I can talk about as well. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think looking for those little opportunities, even as early as 60 days to just be like, yeah, I, can, I mean, cause it's also, it's learning, right? Like, you know, you're getting like the best way to learn is like to get involved and be part of the process and like, do this stuff. So yeah, I think jumping in, yeah, it does, you know, you're, I think a lot, in a lot of ways you're helping build your reputation and you're, you're not just like, you're taking you're you're being an active participant in that too, where it's like, Hey, I'm going to have all of these meetings. I want people to get to know me. I'm going to do some of these little things. So people start to understand, like, you know, I, I get shit done. Uh, I'm a good person to work with all of those things. I think are going to, because like, it could take you a year to build good relationship, but all of that stuff is going to like really ramp it up. So love those tips. Yeah. Let's like, what happens in the night, the 90 days. Yeah, this one, I would tell everyone, you got to deliver something after three months. You have mm -hmm. to deliver something. I would say my path is not one that I would recommend. I'm delivering a huge project that's a global Don't do it, initiative. <laughs> Don't do that. There are internal reasons for this that, you know, and why ultimately I was hired, you know, for this role. But I wouldn't say it's the norm. But I would say, is there a cross-functional project that you can work on? And this could be something like, updating a sales deck. Maybe it's the pitch deck. Maybe you're going to be able to uh, deliver a white paper or uh, maybe you're going to be able to deliver some battle cards, right? You got to deliver something 
because everyone's watching and waiting going, okay, you're no longer the new guy anymore. What are you going to do? How are you going to help me? Why did we hire you? What makes you so great? Right. <laughs> and it's what everyone's asking. Sure. You can't just sit on your hands anymore. So I think if you're coming in as a PMM, let's say you're like the first or you're, you know, if you're Marcus over here and you're a director, it's like, what is like a, a long-term strategy of how we're going to win, right? And long-term mm-hmm. for a startup might be a quarter. It might be six months. I, I, I understand. And a bigger company, you know, we're thinking in years, if not two years. And so I'm not saying I'm putting together a year-long strategy, but the one that I just uh, presented this week is a global initiative that will impact all regions, which is, it's a big undertaking, but at the same time, it's not going to launch until like April or May. And so I've got months. I'm just, I need the stakeholder buy-in now so I can go build it, create it for it. So it's ready for launch come that time. So it's, yeah, give and take. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think, you know, by the time you get to three months, you are, you do need a win. And I think it's important, you know, hope like it's good, good manager stuff too, to be like, all right, you know, like let's help them get a win and help them have some sort of deliverable. Cause it's, you also want to be super, you want to have confidence going into the company by the time 90 days is over. It's like, all right, training wheels are off. Like we gotta, we gotta go now. So I like that. I think having that deliverable and making sure you have an output there is really smart. And I also think like, you know, everybody has tools in their toolbox, right? It's like, there's certain things I know that I really like to do. I like to do positioning and narrative design setup. You know, there's like a, a way I think about how product marketing should be done, but it's a bad idea to just be like, oh, here's, you know, like a system or the tools, like we're, I'm going to take these and we're going to do these at the new company. Right. Cause, but if that's a bad idea because you have no idea if that'll be helpful, if that's going to work, if somebody else is already doing that work, if nobody's doing something different, but yeah, by the time that 90 days comes up to be like, all right, you know, of all the things I know how to do, I've talked to everybody. I've seen kind of what's happening. Yeah. Here's my plan for like how this can work, you know, inside of the company, or here's the things you really need. It's like, wow, your positioning's totally out of whack. We really got to fix that. Or like, you know, your launch process doesn't make any sense to me. There's these different things we can fix or whatever it is. And there could be some things that are just great. You know, it's like, Oh, your launch process is awesome. We should just stick with it. It looks good. But yeah, that's okay to say. That's okay. You know, I think that's also key. One thing I'll say, do not go underground heads down and come out at the end with this amazing project with no Mm. feedback and buy-in in those first 90 days. You're going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. I see this mistake a lot in the first 90 days. You go it alone and you can't do that. You just can't do that. The second piece I, I want to just iterate on, if if you're a manager, get your new hire, you know, say you hire a new PMM, make sure that their visibility, you are helping at a, at a higher level. I, I'm really lucky my manager sends out, she sent out two emails so far, you know, but it's in the first 90 days at a much higher level than me saying, JD is working on this. He's going to deliver this. Do you want to awesome. be involved? Awesome. Right? Or, you know, have your people go to him. That was huge, right? Because it wasn't me going and then looking and like, who do I contact? What's going on? Who should I involve? It was, you've been told about it. Now it's on them to be a little bit proactive to get their people involved with this project. So if you're a manager out there, please help with your own new hire onboarding. Absolutely. That's, that is huge. 
I think that's great advice because also it's like, it's like, like you said, like, it's okay to be kind of dumb coming into these new companies, right? Because you want to ask a lot of questions and you don't want to, you don't, you shouldn't be embarrassed about not knowing how things work because like, you know, I would, you know, right. So it's good to ask some questions and it's okay to be confused, but it is intimidating and maybe a bad idea at times to like, you know, ask them questions to your boss's boss or like, you know, like, right. You want to be <laughs> yeah. like, Hey, I just, I want to have a meeting. Like, cause I, you know, it's like, you need to, for those folks, having your manager reach out to them and be like, look, here's the plan. Do you want to be involved in it? Do you have like, that's especially early. That's really, really important because, you know, you're going to get that feedback that's foundational and also they'll know who you are and they'll know what you're working about. Hopefully they're excited about this stuff. Yeah. Right? So like, it's, it's super important. Great, great. Point. Yeah. Visibility and alignment that, so I, I'm now in a bigger company and those are the things that I'm working on. It's a slightly different PMM skill. But now I'm working on visibility alignment. You can call it politics. It's not though. It really is. I'm working on this project. I need you to be aware of it. And right. I need your alignment that this is a good project and it's gonna move us forward. So it's much different when you're in like a smaller team, which I've been on and you're like, well, this is what we're doing. Like, you know, and you're just right. kind of tell, right? There's, you know. <laughs> yeah, you there's know nowhere I mean? to yeah. hide on a smaller team. It's like, everybody's going to be in your work. Correct. And like, you Correct. know, everybody's yeah. part of it. There's no, like you're just by default telling it. In a bigger company, it's like, it's easier. But I, I agree, it's not politics as much as it's just like, the way I've always thought about it is like, it's really important to show your work. There's this wiki post mm -hmm. that Darmesh posted at HubSpot and it's like called show your work. And it's basically talking about like, why it's so important to share what you learn and to tell people about what you're working on as you get to a certain scale of a company. So it may seem weird to like, you know, write this and you don't want to be self-promotional. You don't want to be like, oh my God, I've changed the world. This was the old process was terrible. I fixed it all. Like, don't do that. But it is good to like show the work and tell people what you're working on and, you know, like share what you're learning because other people will find it valuable and they'll now they will know about this thing that's happening and maybe there's a thing maybe they were doing something similar that it can be combined or whatever but it also is good for you because you know if your work is good and you're smart you're gonna like it's gonna reflect well on you but yeah showing the work is super important it took me a while well to kind of figure that out at hubspot because um it is easier at larger companies to you know to go into the lab and work on things and, and people don't see it as much but that visibility is so important yeah and it's also like intimidating I think For that's sure. part of it too. I think that's what makes with Amazon too. So we do these doc reads and I, I just completed it. It was my second one. I've got a couple more next week, but it's, it's brutal and it, it's interesting. So the first 30 minutes, everyone reads the doc. So no one has read it. Everyone takes the first 30 minutes, they read your narrative. And I, I, we're not talking product marketing narrative. It's, you know, it's my project narrative. 30 minutes in the next 30 minutes, it's, me answering all their questions that they may have in their comments and their feedback. And some of them, you know, you're just like, okay, I want to go run away and cry. Now. Right. Like, but yeah. some of them are like, oh, that's a really good point. Didn't think of that. Right. But it does force feedback. It does force alignment and it does force you to think about things. I think the outcomes are worth my ego getting bruised. Right. right? And I think it's a great thing uh, that they do. And this document also, it's never ending. So I'm already on version six. By the time it's ready to roll out, I'll be on version 15, 20. Yeah. It'll, and it's a living document, which I think is a really cool thing that Amazon does as well. 
I agree. I love that. I think that's such a cool process and yeah, not fun to have people read your stuff and potentially it feel like a firing squad, but I mean, that's like how you get better though. Right. And like it's, and it should be good for product marketers because we are good, you know, we're good writers or good thinkers. Right. So it's like, it should get like, you should be able to go into there and put together a good plan. And then, yeah, you know, like, uh, it's that feedback loop and, that really grinding something that, you know, is rough and raw into something that's like polished and pretty that makes something good. So, I mean, I don't know how many, I don't know if there's a right number of uh, iterations, but I'm sure the sixth one is a lot better than the, than the first oh. one. I don't know if the 200th one will be better than the 100th sure. one, but yeah, I like that. I think that's smart. And also just like having that time to read the thing and that's company culture. That's pretty cool because, you know, <laughs> and nobody it- has time. Right. So it's yeah. like, Hey, yeah. I give you some homework to read before the meeting. Like who's doing that? It's like, Hey, let's, all right, you can take the meeting and you read the thing. And then we go into it. I like that too. I know that was completely new to me. Right. I'm so used yeah. to chasing people down. Hey, right. I, I, I need your feedback and edits. Hey, have you read that doc? And what ends up happening is people are like, yeah, I read it. It looks good. Right. Or yeah, yeah, I went in, I added some feedback. What it does do is you're in this meeting roughly, you know, maybe 10 leaders and stakeholders and they're all giving feedback at the same time. Oh, so they're in the doc dropping comments and that sort of thing? Everyone cool. at the okay. same time. Right. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Then there's 30 minutes of all of them hearing each other's feedback and comments. So you may not <laughs> get the same comment over and over, right? You might hear it once from like our director of product marketing will say it, but then at 1 p.m. was like, oh, and I want to build on that, you know, and say this, right? And yeah. so- you kind of get rid of like a lot of duplicative yeah. comments and feedback. Everybody's getting on the same page in that, on right? The same you, page. Do, you do face that. Yeah. Where people, where it's like, it's um, sometimes it's, it's painful for the creator too, because like, you know, like the, and you're not trying to be dismissive of anybody, but like, you know, the 10th time you've heard the same piece of feedback, you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, like stop. But then that's yes. to the, to the person giving feedback. They're like, Oh, they don't want to hear my feedback. Like, you know, but that's, yeah. So I like that too. Right. Cause it's a, because usually you have something and of course, a lot of the similar smart people have the same feedback. So that's cool. Yeah. And so uh, I, one thing I'll also just kind of, I think it's also, it's interesting and it's cool is I'm on the sixth, you know, at the very top of this, it's like, it'll say like version six, and then you can click into that and you can go see five, four, three, two, one, and you can see all the updates and all the versioning as well. You can see other people's comments. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of cool to go back and see past most people don't, most people just read their own version because they don't have time or even care to dive that deep. But I right. think that's kind of cool. Yeah. But when you're new, it's interesting, right? So yeah. So you can look at something that's like, you know, maybe a really popular or really, you know, a really successful project plan or whatever, and then go back and look and, and see how it, how it happened. Very smart. Yeah. What any, we talked about this a little bit, but any mistakes that people make in the onboarding process, like anything you think yeah. that is really detrimental? If you come in guns blazing, right? That's what we say, right? It's like, yeah, uh, don't do that. Uh, don't do that. You just don't have the information, the context to come in and do that. I would also be skeptical of any manager or company that wanted you to do that. Yeah. Right. And so it's one thing to maybe in the in the interview process, they're like, Hey, we want someone that can be a self-starter go getter can start on day one. I hear you, but starting on day one may just mean I need the context. So 
I am just absorbing. I'm reading wikis. I am meeting all these people. I've got to absorb, absorb and sift and find the things that are going to be the most impactful. So I see that too often. And you can be Uh, hot. You can bring energy and excitement and, you know, like get, like like inspire people without like trying to come in and be like, oh, we're going to change all this stuff because yeah, you're totally right. I think it's a, a scary thing. If you see someone coming in trying to do that because they don't have the context they need, but also like, yeah, it's just, I think there is an urge to like, I want to make an impact. I want to make an impact, but it's like, who you got to take a breath, make sure like, you know, you're using this time wisely. And then when the time is right and you can actually have the context, you know, you, you make your impact. Yeah. I, I had a, a mentor once tell me that most people are going to remember your beginning and your ending, mm. not so much your middle. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. and it's kind of true, right. When you kind of yeah. think about just general things. And so you want to have a good first impression. I think that's, that's just a smart thing to do. And I think it's also okay to say, I, I, I'm working through these things. I'm talking about these things. I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing this, but like being able to, again, show your work that you are doing these things, you know, don't be all talk. I see a lot of people go heads down. We talked about that one and just kind of (laughs) disappear for nine months or for the first 90 days. And all of a sudden they're like, look at this. And people are like, what? (laughs) I think we talked about like pro like trying to solve everything, but I think also like trying to change too much too fast. Yeah. Right. So if you're coming in and you've identified five things that need to be fixed, you're going to have to take them one at a time. You can't fix all five at the same. It just hasn't worked well in the past from what I've seen. People are just like, whoa, whoa, new guy. Like, whoa. Right. And also, you know, you don't want to do that to yourself too. I feel like that's a mistake where it's like, look, at some point sooner or later, you're going to be very busy and you're going to have a lot of, you know, balls in the air and like projects that you're maintaining. But if you do that to yourself immediately, where it's like, oh, there's all this stuff I got to fix. I'm going to take on all 10 of these projects at the same time. It's like, you're going to be immediately overwhelmed and on, you know, on a fast path to burning yourself out. Right. So it's like, you got to, you got to take that. (laughs) That also becomes the expectation. For sure. Yeah. Right. Oh, you delivered five things in your first 90 days. I bet you could do six things in your next 90. And it's like, slow down. Yeah. Yeah, Don't slow down. Right. I think those are things because ultimately I think it's the output of that. Like you're going to rub people the wrong way. You're going to create this unnecessary friction. So when you do need to like work with them and be able to influence their decision-making process, it's just not going to be there. They're not gonna, you haven't built that trust. You've only created friction. And why would I want to work with you? Why would I want to help you? Obviously there are team goals that need to be accomplished, but a lot of that is interpersonal relationships. 100%. Awesome. JD, well, I learned a lot here, man. This is great to go deep with you on. Hopefully this is helpful. I have, I'm forgetting his name now, but like two days ago, somebody on Twitter reached out to me and they were like, Hey, you know, I would love to hear something about like on onboarding onto a new team. So I know listeners are excited about this one. When is thrills and chills is going to drop the week this comes out or the week before like similar timing. Right. So yeah. Where can people find that? Yeah. So we will be you know, in all the same places that you are finding this great podcast that has uh, really like been the foundation for all of us to like, you know, really kind of build off of. But if you go to ShareBird, it'll be there. We'll be sharing it on LinkedIn. So you'll find it there. But if you're on your phone listening right now, go into the app store of your choice, whether that's Apple or Google or your, your own podcatcher, 
we should be everywhere. I, I think Mark, you like you like Spotify as well, right? Yeah, I really like Spotify. I like the app. I feel like the 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 Apple app like is a little clunky for me, but both work so well and they're great. Awesome. Well, very very excited for you. Yeah, I think sharebird.com/shows is where you can find all Mary's podcasts and my podcasts and your podcast. So check it out there. But uh, yeah, man, thanks for making some time. It was really really good to chat. Thanks again. Drown in the city lights